this is Talking Sea, your weekly supply of the dark side, not just the dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi. Everybody, my name is Josh Roach. I'm Chad Campbell. T Green. T Green. How's it going, everybody? We got some uh, interesting Star Wars news to talk about. Quite a bit of Star Wars news, actually. Yeah, I saw you sent this big thing. Yeah, did you get a chance to read over uh, the article kind of thing that I sent T? Uh, I read like the first two in the last two paragraphs all right so diving right into it everybody we got some interesting information that's come out from the maker some news that uh we've all i I, a lot of us have been pining for i think since 2011 um and that is what were george lucas's ideas for the sequel trilogy Right. Now, I feel like, honestly, at least when we get to the end, I this, this has been rumored in various forms. Like, I've heard versions of this same thing. Right, right. Um, let's see. It's, uh, he's come out and said a few things in the past, and I kind of covered those, too. But um, this is from the new book that's coming out. Um or I think that was just released, Star Wars Archives, um, by Paul... Oh, man, I can't remember the name now. But it's from an interview directly with George Lucas, and that was um, last year. So the interview was from 2019. Okay. Um, So, yeah, Star Wars Archives by... I'm trying to... Paul, I can't really read the name on here. Oh, well, look it up, everybody. Paul Duncan, I think. Yeah, Paul Duncan. All right, so when it it says that uh, these are some of the ideas when prepping the film 2012 before he sold to Disney, as related to me by George in an interview last year. Darth Maul trained a female Twilight, Darth Talon, who was in the comic books as an apprentice. And mm-hmm. so she'd be like the new Darth Vader. She'd be the one doing most of the action. Um, uh, so these two were the main villains of the trilogy. So basically your Palpatine and your and your Vader. Maul was the big bad. And Talon, this female toy, which I don't know if you guys have seen pictures of her from the, uh, the comics in the past. So this is classic George Lucas where he's taking bits and pieces because I'm pretty sure this Darth Talon from the comics actually existed in the comics uh, like a thousand years after Return of the Jedi. This is no thousand years after Return of the Jedi. Right. So he's just taking this character that he liked and transporting her as he would, you know. So yeah. Maul... Uh, yeah. That yeah, happens. So, right, yeah. So he likes he likes to do that stuff. Uh, Maul eventually becomes the godfather of crime in the universe because as the empire falls, he takes over. So we saw him kind of leading up to this in the Clone Wars. So, right. Yeah. So I guess I would assume then that either they knew this wasn't going to happen or um, they just completely ignored it in Rebels. Well, so in Rebels, so Rebels is all post um, Disney buying the company. So right. Like, yes. Yeah. So my thought is that George brought back um, Darth Maul and he started positioning Darth Maul as this like in in Clone Wars, you know, he like bands together all the syndicates and like the Black Sun and the Pikes and all these all these criminal organizations. And he uh Dawn and he makes them all like his own so he's running them all 
So it, it seems to me that George Lucas was like gearing up for the sequel trilogy. He was like, for the hardcore Star Wars fans that watched all the Clone Wars and stuff, he was like paving that road for Darth Maul to be the big bad in the sequel trilogy. Then Disney gets told, uh, Iger and Kennedy and Abrams, they all scrapped George Lucas's ideas essentially for this and so Filoni comes in and it's like okay well now I've got Darth Maul lingering out here so we'll uh we'll we'll clean up the mess and we'll get rid of Darth Maul and Rebels essentially yeah or do you think that it was Filoni's idea to bring Maul back and Lucas just liked it enough he went with it because I can also see that happening no it was George's idea to bring back Maul and Filoni was not for it at the beginning okay okay yeah so george pitched it and uh they brought him back and now this is coming out so it'll be interesting to see what filoni has to say now that this has all come to light right Um, to be fair to to for filoni's defense i still don't like why darth maul is back you know why i don't like it because there's no reason oh there's a hundred percent what do you think t what do you think about darth maul being back and darth maul potentially being the big bad in the sequel trilogy we care about his backstory <laughs> yeah i just hate the like in even in clone wars like i went with it because he was a really cool character but like when he comes back they're like wow what kept you alive he's like vengeance and i was like this is like plankton he's just plankton but a scarier version like there's no real reason for you to still be alive hey it's it's just one of those things like i mean people can complain about Oh, well, Palpatine shouldn't have been in nine. Well, he's got an even better reason to still be alive than Maul, but we just oddly accepted that. Maul could have said the exact same thing that Palpatine said to explain how he's back. The dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities. Yeah, so yeah, it's unnatural, but hey, it's a movie. The force isn't a real thing. Um, Vader surviving how he survived shouldn't have been a thing. That's also true. But uh, we all accept that because we have all had Vader the whole time. But um, so these movies are about how Leia uh, is trying to rebuild rebuild the Republic. Um, They still have the apparatus of the Republic, but they have to get it under control from the gangsters. And that was the main story. So, I mean, it makes sense from the uh the empire ruling with an iron fist and then you have a power you know a power vacuum and maul would especially if you have somebody like darth maul who's secretly running all these organizations it would be easy for him who already has like an established um you know business and they're spread out across the galaxy kind of take control in that instance Mm -hmm. Uh, so it says it starts off a few years after Return of the Jedi. We established pretty quickly that um, that there's an underworld that these uh, oh, and that these stormtroopers, so the Imperial remnant, like we're seeing with the Moff Gideon and such, um, he says started their own planet. But uh, I assume that means that they've just basically taken over some of these planets. They probably control a sector of space. Um, and Luke is trying to restart the Jedi. He said he puts the word out. So out of 100,000 Jedi, which is retconning because previously it's only been 10,000 Jedi. Right. Um, so out of 10 to 100,000 Jedi um, at the time of the Clone Wars in Order 66, maybe 50 or 100 are left. So Luke is able to collect all these 50 to 100 Jedi and they start training uh, two and three year olds from scratch again. So what do you guys think about that? Seeing Luke Skywalker as the uh, grand master like we had him in the uh, the EU. T, what do you think? Before I rant. <laughs> no, oh, he's, he's saying he says, nothing. He says, go, ho- go ahead and rant. Okay, all right, all right. So uh, my whole issue here is not even with the story. It's starting out a few years after Return of the Jedi because you know what that means. What George Lucas loves to do more than make a coherent story is throw on and test the boundaries of special effects. And 
he definitely would have spent a lot of money on trying to de-age them. It wouldn't have looked good. It would have been dated by the time the third one comes out. I guarantee it would have. I mean, the, the Irishman is a movie that looked fantastic, right? It cost $180 million to perfect, perfect, and it still wasn't perfect. The de aging. Who did that? ILM. ILM did that. Yes, no, you're right. Here's the thing, though it cost $180 million. They would not have given that budget to Star Wars because Star Wars, $180 million was just on the de aging. So, to be fair, $100 million went into that. Star Wars without de aging cost, so for example, Force Awakens cost $225 million. That's a $325 million budget. They wouldn't have given it to him. Guaranteed. Uh, With that story, Disney. Disney would not have given it to him. Uh, Okay, but I'm saying if George hadn't have sold this to Disney, because originally he was planning on doing it himself, and you're 100% right, because years ago, I remember George had come out and said that if Avatar is successful, if this, like, fully digital, like, world and movie basically is successful he would consider doing seven eight nine again and i think that's when his the wheels really started turning for him which probably really lines up with when he would have started planning actually for maul to come back Mm -hmm. because it's a few years ahead in the in the television but um he said because he would have wanted to do something a few years after return of the jedi and he would have wanted to de-age Mark, Carey, and Harrison. Right. But I say, look at Rogue One. For me, I think Rogue One has bad CG in the faces. And that's that was considered revolutionary. But I still, it's very obvious that's not a person. Well, Now, Avatar gets away with it because those are blue people. So right. our human brains, it doesn't, it doesn't fall into this, what is that called? The uncanny valley. valley. Yeah, it doesn't fall into that for us because they don't look, they're not supposed to be us. When it's supposed to be us, I personally tend to really, if it doesn't look exactly like it should, I tend to not well, buy it. Well, part of the Uncanny Valley not. is that it's not that it doesn't look exactly like it should, is that your mind is telling you it doesn't look exactly like it should because you know that it isn't. So going into it, you'd be like, they don't, they're not that young. So automatically your mind is like telling you it doesn't look as good, even if it does. Like I know several people uh, that watched Rogue One with me did not have any idea whatsoever that Tarkin was CG. No, uh, no clue. Yeah, but those folks sold it. Those people probably thought The Last Lion King was made with real animals too. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying like some people will never know that kind of stuff though. Here's my point. My point is, um, look at what George Lucas did with the prequels. You're right. Everything he does, he does it. He comes up with a story. But then really what he likes to do is innovate and push technology. This is how we have digital film. This is why we have fully CG characters, why we have mocap. Everybody says that, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Gollum, Smeagol. Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis is the godfather of mocap. No. Andy Serkis is not the godfather of mocap. Uh, Ahmed, Jar- Best. Ahmed Best, Jar Jar Binks is the godfather of mocap. Okay, it's because of George Lucas that we have digital film the way that we have it now. Okay, mm-hmm. and he takes those steps. My thing is, look at how well ILM did with 180 million dollars. Now you say 180 million dollars, and you're rolling that just into the budget of a film. I say George Lucas. Just like, look how much money he poured into Clone Wars just because he wanted to push the medium. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. When, if George Lucas were to have made these and not sold them to Disney, I think that we would be five, we we would be 10 years from now, maybe five years from now, whatever we have in de-aging technology, we would have got that into 2015 with George Lucas making episode seven. I think he would have poured that much more money into it. It would have been that much more of a focus. And we would be years ahead of where we're at right now, five years ago. Yeah, although I'd argue, I'd say the prequels don't really have great CG, though. They did I think for they the were time. Rebel- uh, sure, for the time. And actually, right. a lot of it really holds up. 
I think that's because if you've noticed, they have made it markedly darker as times have gone. The more CG, the darker the scene is now. If you do a direct comparison to the actual original DVD or VHS to what's streaming in 4K on Disney+, Plus, there's a marked difference. And that's same, especially with the uh, OT, the original trilogy, yeah. is way darker than it was when it actually was in theaters. And that's right. because that's how you hide bad effects Stop. over time is you yeah. make it dark. I don't know. I think for a 20-year-old film, Jar Jar looks good. Oh, okay. No, I'll give you that. I just think there's a lot. So the pod racing scene, for example, it never looked super real. But I mean, you definitely know that these things are very fake. Now, imagine that all those things are supposed to look like people. It would look even worse now. That's my whole issue is I don't like that concept. Right. Also, another issue here that would have happened is the whole story would have been thrown off with Carrie Fisher's death. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I don't know what you would have done. Yeah. You so by the end of the trilogy, it. yeah, Luke would have uh, rebuilt much of the Jedi and he would have um, had the renew. We would have had the renewal of the new Republic with Leia, Senator Organa becoming the Supreme chancellor in charge of everything. And he says, so she ended up being the chosen one. And they clarify saying at the end of the war, everything is broken and society needs to be put together and healed so that it can work again. The chosen one is the person who brings balance by achieving this. So she would have brought balance to the galaxy, essentially, by uniting everybody. Um, Right. And I get that. And I I respect that. I think um, I think, though, in this case, like if Carrie Fisher died, what George probably would have done is said, well, I'm still going to finish it with a CG Carrie Fisher and a modulated voice actress. And, and I think it would have been easier at that point. Yeah, I agree. I think, though, in the long term, that might have been best. But I think it would have been so controversial at the time that studios might not have let that well, happen. Unless... Um... Because he, if they, if he took a page out of like Peter Jackson's book, which he had talked about wanting to do, and out of James Cameron for the next fifteen Avatar movies that he's already filmed, right. um, they might have shot them all back to back. So potentially, and if he hadn't yeah. stalled for selling to Disney, and they basically restarted the whole thing, we might have had it a little sooner than twenty fifteen. So we might have avoided and butterfly effect. Maybe Carrie Fisher doesn't even die at that point. We don't know. Yeah. I'd still say, um, I think that I would have maybe ended up liking it in 20 years, just like I have the prequels more than I used to. Right. But I think I definitely would not have enjoyed this at the time. I would have gone and seen every one of them. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. I would know the characters' names just like I do in the prequels. But for me, it would have just been another push in the wrong direction of this isn't what I love Star Wars for. It's just George pushing the effects boundaries at this point. It's not even trying to be good. I guarantee, even with this story, this story would have a decent amount of politics in it, which would give us much more of a prequel vibe than the OT vibe. Um... And there would I be a think, lot more prequels in this, that's for sure. Darth Maul's yeah. freaking main villain. I think as a result, we'd also have a lot of bad dialogue, like we do in the prequels. Um, so again, it would be great. Here's where the sequel trilogy, the Disney trilogy, here's what they did wrong. Well, there's multiple things, I think. But the, one of the biggest ones for me, as far as the fandom goes, is the lack of innovation. Mm-hmm. Very few, like new original planets, new original creatures, all that kind of stuff. Not Great the aging. Yeah, yeah. Great characters. I love all the characters they came up with. However, as far as like worlds and creatures that we're going to write a hundred books about and make video game worlds to explore, no, it didn't do a great job with those. Right. Where's the so it, race? Yeah, so it depends on what you love Star Wars for. As to, whether, as to how you're going to view this. It, for me, I always view it first off as a movie. And that's where I'm different from a lot of Star Wars fans in that I don't like in, absorb myself in this world. It's still a movie to me. So cinematically and as an actual movie and script and actual dialogue, the acting, 
the ST is better than the PT. However, in the world of innovation and all that, oh, the, the PT is way better than the ST. I can't, mm. I can't fault that. I don't know. I think the S, I think the PT is better than the ST when it comes to the storyline. I Just think because you, you have this over art, like at this point, it is clear that they did not have a plan. And even George Lucas didn't have a plan for the original trilogy. But when you have one person, you know, if, if I say, all right, T you draw a picture, I'll draw a picture and Chad, uh, you draw a picture. And at the end, we're going to put them all together and it's going to be this beautiful landscape. Eh, not probably going to work out very well, but if you take, you know, just you, Chad, and you're like, okay, draw a picture, draw three pictures, making a landscape. Even if you change your mind in the middle and at the end, you're still going to make it flow better. And okay, I think yeah. you're right. The, just, over, the overarching story is better in the prequel. I'd say, however, that would come natural if you're making a prequel because you already have the finale. You right. already know what's where all this is leading to. The ST had the pro and con of being completely new and we didn't necessarily know what was going to happen. Let, let me read a couple of the things that Lucas has come out and said. He had said previously that the next three Star Wars films were going to get into the microbiotic world, he told James Cameron. Uh, there's this world of creatures that operate differently than we do. I call them the will. And the wills are the ones who actually control the universe and they feed off the force. And elsewhere in the conversation, Lucas admitted everybody hated it in The Phantom Menace when we started talking about midichlorians. In terms of his storytelling, Lucas regarded individuals as vehicles for the wills to travel around in. And the conduit is the midichlorians. The midichlorians are the ones that communicate with the wills. The wills, in this general sense, they are the force. So we would have potentially been diving into not only Darth Maul, but the wills that drive Darth Maul. Not oh, Luke Skywalker, I, but I the wills that drive that. Luke Skywalker. You guys should see Campbell's face right now. Oh, I hated it. I, I hate reading that because to me it's like, you know what? Yeah, that Luke Skywalker you liked, he's he's really nothing. He's just a vessel. Like, he's he, he means nothing. It, he could have been anybody. There is no chosen one. There's none of this fucking bullshit. It's just whoever at the moment the wills want to touch. That is so stupid to me. It's annoying. It's, it's predestinationism just, in Star Wars. Yes, it is. It's predestinationism. You don't make your choices. Your choices are made for you by floating creatures. What the hell is... No! No! <laughs> Not just floating it. creatures. Microbiotic creatures yes. that ride on the back of COVID. From person to person this to me is a is a creator who's who's great and very great at creating however he gets way too into the specifics of what he's made so that he he has like an ocd thing he has to know everything about how everything works and he doesn't care if that ruins it for everyone that loves what he made hmm. you know that's like for example I, let's say heinz the guy who made Heinz ketchup, right? Okay. His, his whole life, he's just obsessed with this ketchup. And then he keeps tasting it all his life. And he's like, this doesn't taste like how I want it. So he keeps adding things to it and coming out with new versions of this ketchup. But instead of keeping the old ketchup, it completely replaces the old ketchup. So now Heinz ketchup, people are mad because it doesn't taste like Heinz ketchup at all anymore. It tastes like some weird thing. But the creators like going, well, it's way better. Really? It, was it Pepsi or Coke that came out with like, oh, it was Coke, Coke that came new out Coke. with like new Coke, Coke 2 or whatever it was. And everybody yeah. hated it. So they had to go back to Coke Classic. Yes. And that's essentially what happened with Star Wars. Yeah. Well, they came I out with new Coke. Now, new Coke. Well, it wasn't so much that they came up with that. They came out with like Coke 2 along with Coke 1. Right. I think that um, if George Lucas, and I think he would have because of the backlash of the prequels, I think he would have brought other people in. He tried to originally with the prequels. I think he would have learned his lesson from that. He probably would have brought back, actually Lawrence Kasdan had already been in talks and was already working on the solo film. So I think Kasdan yeah. would have been involved so I think 
George Lucas, Lawrence Kasdan, that's a winning, that's a winning combination. Um, I mean, we got Empire Strikes Back out of that. We got Raiders of the Lost Ark out of that. Um, Lucas ideas, Kasdan perfecting them on a screenplay. Yeah. And read I, that last paragraph though. Yeah, but what would have come th- these are just his ideas there's a lot of crazy ideas that george had for the prequels and for the original trilogy too that never made it to fruition so yeah i think i think the thing here too is that i don't think he would have gotten the exact same freedom that he got on the prequels no i don't think he would backlash. have yeah oh. i i think he would have throttled himself t yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of backlash on those movies i don't think he yeah. would have gotten something that is so far universally loved and uh, triumphed as the most Lucas-like original trilogy-like Star Wars that we've had since Disney is The Mandalorian, and we have not had a chance to talk about any of the three episodes now, the three chapters of season two that have come out. So let's hear your guys' thoughts on the first Let's hear your thoughts on the first chapter real quick. I'm going to give you each a couple of uh, seconds to go. Who wants to go first? Let me see a show of hands. We're starting with T. I, <laughs> All right, I, T. I go too long. I talk too much. T, go for it. Tell me what you thought about the first chapter first, of season two. First chapter of season two. Well, Cad, Cad Bane. Cad Bane? Cobb Vanth. I'm, I'm waiting for Cad Bane. Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth is who you're thinking of. I think T might have froze in a very inopportune time. Oh, yeah, he totally did. He totally froze. All right, so Cobb Vanth, Chad. Yeah, all right. Um, My thoughts on these episodes. So I really liked one. Episode one. I really liked the first episode. It was very well done. I was annoyed that I waited 10 months for a one-off, though. I had wanted more to progress. Episode two was whatever i didn't really care at all about it i felt like i was watching a clip from harry potter and that just happened to be star wars it was a little annoying to me a little too much at moments but whatever it happened third episode this is what should have been the first episode in my opinion so that i would have felt like i had waited 10 months for something Thank God for that third episode. Even though it was the shortest so far this season, it was definitely right. my favorite so far this season. It advanced a lot. It brought in characters from other forms without doing what I thought it would do, where it's making you have to know who these people are. You don't have to know anything about these guys. It helps if you do, but thankfully, I don't think they're going to become anything. I think this is just one and done, as far as I can see. I think they're going to be done from this point on. I think maybe they'll make an appearance later in like season three or something, but I don't think that they're going to be on the rest of the season. Um, what do you think I, of bringing Boba Fett's armor back and seeing Boba Fett at the end of episode one? So I had thought, okay, cool. Maybe Boba will be like the Darth Maul of this show. I still the think main he, bad guy. And oh, no, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> not in the original Darth Maul in uh, Rebels, Wars. Rebels. Okay. Or, or even Clone Wars where he was he was kind of the main guy kind of slowly over time but it took a while and he was mostly just like you knew it was going to be a good episode if he was on a looming threat yes um, so I thought that um, that was cool now everyone's saying there's going to be a Boba Fett spinoff show and that was just a one time appearance and it's going to be in that maybe i feel like my biggest fear is that every time there's a character on now someone says it's because there's going to be a spinoff show about that person i hope that doesn't happen that there's not 50 spinoff shows i hope there's at Um, least two spinoff shows i hope that there's the shows that have been announced and that we don't like rush a ton i hope that if there are spinoff shows they come like maybe once mando's done or something we just wait a while with them yeah yeah. I don't, want I don't to know. Uh, I would love to watch a Boba Fett spinoff show. Um, what I did really like about episode one of season two was like much, much like you've talked about several times is setting these people up and the problem with having, um, you know, somebody just 
go on and on and on and trying to explain their backstory or whatever. Cobb Vant is a character that was taken out of a book by Chuck yeah. Wendig, one of the Aftermath books. The trilogy, right? Yep. Was he and, in all um, of them? Okay. Uh, I think he was in all of them, but he wasn't even a main character. There were these uh, right. interludes. I, I knew he was in the first one. I had, yeah, I had the, the first one. There were these interludes that just told you know, little tidbits, like one little half a chapter, a couple paragraphs about Cobb Vance in the first one, the second one, and the third one. And um, so not even a main character. Like we had like a few pages of this guy, but uh, what they did now, thank Ryan Johnson. Okay. Thank you, Ryan Johnson, for introducing flashbacks to Star Wars. All right. Because it was used so effectively in this, and I think it can be used very effectively. In fact, I am looking forward to seeing some more flashbacks. When we see Cobb Vanth explain where he was when the Empire fell, how he got the armor. I mean, just in like, what, 25, 30 seconds, he explained how he got the armor and how he came back and became like the sheriff of Mos Palgo or whatever. Yeah. Um, we can see this with Boba Fett. We could see this with Ahsoka Tano. Like, we can explain these people for what you need to know for the context of this show in a few seconds. Um, and we can see all these things. Like, it'll be sweet to see what Ahsoka Tano has been up to because they name-dropped Ahsoka Tano. He is heading to yeah. see Ahsoka Tano. Now, my gut tells me we're not going to see Ahsoka Tano ne next episode. Here's what I think. Um, it looks like from the trailer when he's like jumping off the cliff and they are um, they're chasing like the uh, it looks like an armored vehicle, an imperial armored vehicle, and goes back to Cara Dune and Grief Karga, and he tells them like, oh, you know, I've been. He tells them in the trailer, I've been. Uh, to find this baby you know baby yoda's people mm -hmm. i think he's gonna go and ahsoka or sabine probably ahsoka has been captured by the imperials by moff gideon and he goes and he gathers up his crew to go and save Ahsoka, like rescue ahsoka ah that'd be good i'd like that that's what i'm thinking he's gonna go he's gonna discover she's been captured and then he's going to he's going to go back and gather up his gang and they're going to go and and free ahsoka um he might even oh, that, that'd be good he might even have to, and when he figures out that moth gideon here's why i think bo katan's coming back because we at the end of season one we got moth gideon with the dark saber we heard right. a lot about the dark saber in this we know that bo katan wants it needs it and I think this is going to be, I think Bo-Katan is going to become a bigger player in this series as it goes along. And let's talk about the big thing from episode, uh, chapter three, uh, well, episode three, chapter what, 12? Chapter of 11? 11 of, of the Mandalorian. Um, this latest one. Now, uh, my wife grew up in a church that was very strict and had some very, um, oh, it had a lot of unnecessary rules that they called standards. Um, right. Like goat and, sacrificing and stuff. Yes, yes, goat sacrifice. No, so like Cop. women can only wear, can always have to wear skirts. Um, you can never cut your hair. Women can never cut their hair. Um, I was once told in this church that if you had a beard, you were not right with Jesus. Wow. Didn't Jesus have a beard? Can't we? To which I replied, Jesus had a beard. Right. So, they ripped out his hair. That's, that's biblical. We've since, we've since, uh, um, are not involved in the church anymore like that. So, um, it was funny, Hannah, my wife and I were watching this this morning and when they removed their helmets and he was like where did you get that armor you know because we got foreshadowing of this with Cobb Vanth right yeah that's why they put that in with Cobb Vanth um so as soon as they went to take off their armor I was like oh here it goes and she was like look dude 
you think you're a Mandalorian? I am like this armor's been in my family for three generations. Yep. I am part of the clan cries, you know. Her sister was the leader of Mandalore for years, okay? And so I think this is going to and and also let's remember by the end of the first episode, he basically had like Cobb Vanth had earned his respect. I think that he thought at the end of episode one that Cobb Vanth really was worthy to put on the armor and wear that armor. And let's not forget that just like with a lot of these organizations that um, like, like uh, they refer to them, like the, uh, the watch, he's a child of the watch as a a religious zealot that, uh, they have a lot of these rules and regulations, but really the heart of it isn't there. They're all about the rules. He has to be reminded to like honor his word as a Mandalorian. It's easy to keep your helmet on. It's easy to have this outward appearance, but it's what the code is supposed to be inside, how you're supposed to be living, how you're supposed to be treating other people. You know, it's easy to wear a skirt. It's easy to not cut your hair and look outwardly like something, but what are you like inwardly? Right. Um, well, I think this is going to become a major part of the Mandalorian. The guy, I don't remember what his name was, but the guy to her left literally said, oh, he's one of those. Exactly, yeah. They didn't even say his name or the other chick's name, Sasha Banks' name. But I do want to, uh, I, I noticed in that little gunfight, the one where he's like, you killed my brother and now I'm going <laughs> to kill your pet. Yep. I don't know if you guys noticed, but he was the slowest on the draw there. I noticed that. I told uh, my wife, Hannah, that he's no, like, he's pretty cool, right? The man was pretty awesome. He's definitely the least BA of those three. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I thought I thought that, yeah, but I didn't notice lagging. the draw on the draw. That's that's interesting. I, yeah. I rewound it, I rewound it twice because I was like, "There's no way," and then I was like, "Yep," and then I did it again just to watch him be slow. Wow, that's smart. That's smart that they did that. Even on the ship that they're taking over later, like he is the slowest every time. He's like he's taking out the least guys, except for when he like bum rushes them and. uh you know, uses those two detonators and blows like uh, six to ten people up. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely the least skilled. Right. He's, I mean, that, that yeah. yeah, that's interesting. So I think that. What do you guys think of uh, T? I'll ask you first because I kind of already know Chad's feelings on this. That Bo-Katan becoming a recurring character and coming back and becoming a, a bigger part. The- I mean, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can see her definitely doing probably maybe two more episodes on this season. Okay. Um, but basically, we know her story arc, don't we? We know, like, we, we, we know her story arc up to rebels in which she obtains the dark saber and she unites all the clans and reunites mandalore and she yeah. rules begins to rule mandalore well after that at some point moff gideon gets the dark saber they have the purge and now like she said we're strong mandalorians are stronger together yeah which i think is laying the ro- like it's laying the roadwork for them to I think they're going to go into this kind of like cult religious zealot thing Um, and I think it's going to be about Mando learning what it really means to be a Mandalorian it's not just about wearing the armor I think that uh, I even think that the armorer um, that you remember from season one who was BA when it comes to her fighting skills could become an antagonist Mm. in the future if they're to run back into her again 
like if at that point Mando's like been converted by Bo-Katan and the others and uh, he's fighting for Mandalore now like he even made the uh, he mentioned that Mandalore is a cursed planet you can't go there anymore and he was and Bo-Katan's like ah, I don't believe everything that you hear this is just you know they, they want you to think that because we'd be stronger together so they're doing everything they can to keep us apart um, like I see like him eventually taking off the helmet and accepting that he's Mandalorian without having to wear the helmet. Ooh. And that, um, and then if he does that, I, I hypothesize that they're going to run back. They're going to run into the armorer again and he's going to have the helmet off and she's going to say, you're not a Mandalorian anymore because you took off your helmet and potentially could become an enemy for him. Real quick, just a little side note on who do you think told him that? Do you think it was the armor? Do you think it was the Republic? What's that? That Mandalore is cursed and anyone who steps foot on it dies. It sounds like he gets most of his information from the armor, who was like the leader of their clan there. Yeah. Their, um, what do they call it? Cove- um, coven or whatever they called it he was covert covert was the leader of their covert but yeah what do you think think, i was just like i wonder who actually is giving him this information that was one of the things i was wondering i don't think he's gonna remove his helmet because we heard in rumors that he stopped halfway through the season so (laughs) you know (laughs) I think that's a bunch of baloney. Yeah, so so do I. But I saw the opportunity to bring it up and take it. <laughs> so what do you what do you think, Chad? You uh, you don't foresee that if you don't think that's where this show is heading as a larger scope. No, I can see I can see that happening. I don't see it happening for at least at least a couple seasons. I think that didn't we hear somewhere that season three is when things really take off? Uh, season three, they start to uh, well. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, that uh, plays Moff Gideon, said that um, by season four is when you're going to start getting all your answers. Okay. So and didn't does that we, mean he's was this said to be, four seasons? Did they say something with this about? I thought it was like five or six seasons is what we had heard floating around for a while. It may have been floated that, but I, nothing I'm, um, I don't know, like, where, where do you guys think this is taking us? Um, you think he, Baby Yoda's always going to be his foundling? Like, is Baby Yoda, they never expected Baby Yoda to be this big. No, they didn't. Because w- I think, yeah, so- Baby Yoda will die. He was only supposed to be season one. I, I think that they said that they have expanded Baby Yoda for season two. Um, season one was in the can before they knew what Baby Yoda was, so it's obvious that they still plan for him to do something with him in season two. Um, I can see them expanding Baby Yoda's like storyline, but you guys think that Baby Yoda originally was not stay with Mando the whole time that maybe this Mandalorian cult versus Delorean th- thing was supposed to be the overarching bigger story. No, you think no, you think Baby Yoda's the key? I, I think Baby Yoda was, I don't think the key, but I think Baby Yoda was always supposed to be there. Hmm. Always, that's like watching the episode one and then saying, Oh, yeah, they're gonna get rid of Jar Jar. That wasn't intentional, Jar Jar was supposed to be there the whole time. Just had and the exact opposite effect. Yeah, had the exact opposite effect, though. People love Baby Yoda. Um, but Baby Yoda, I mean, if they were dumb enough to underestimate Baby Yoda, I don't think they would have kept it a secret for as long as they did. Like, they knew that was going to be huge. That's why they kept it so secret. And I think Baby Yoda is by far the biggest product they have to push right now. Baby Yoda was intended to be a product to push, along with a good, cutesy thing to have to bring people in and get you emotionally attached. I think if you get rid of baby Yoda, you get rid of half your audience, almost guaranteed. 
um, you leave, you take out like my wife and you leave me who would watch it just because it says Star Wars, no matter what, you yeah. know, I, I'll watch it. But I think if Baby Yoda's not in it, she's not, she doesn't care. Well, that's the only reason I watch Mandalorian is Baby Yoda. Yeah, see, right there. <laughs> Let me ask you guys I, this. If, if we go back in time and instead of Jar Jar Binks, we have like baby Jar Jar Binks or like a baby Yoda. Qui-Gon runs into Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda leads him to Aragunga. Do you think Baby Yoda is as well-received 20 years ago as he, 21 years ago as he is now? Or oh, do you yeah. think that? You think you so? Think he would? I don't think he would. Because mostly 20 years ago, it was still all about nerds and it wasn't as big as it is now. Like, it's not as main, wasn't as mainstream. Dream. I think that if Jar Jar comes out now and we never had Jar Jar and we never had Jar Jar Backlash, I think Jar Jar would be huge right now. I disagree. Uh with the culture we live in right now, no. I think Jar Jar is I think Jar Jar is annoying either way. Um, I think you can maybe grow I see now I didn't hate Jar Jar in episode one when I was young. Yeah, Here's I. the problem with Jar Jar is eventually you're not young forever. <laughs> Jar Jar works best when you're young. When you're six and seven and eight, Jar Jar's great. Oh my gosh, Jar Jar, so so funny. But then eventually it becomes like Dobby in Harry Potter. Hey Dobby's now. the worst. Hey now. I, I hate Dobby. Hey, I mean, look. We just rewatched all the Harry Potter movies, and let me tell you, I shed a tear. I okay. See, now, a tear. I, yeah, and I think I. To be fair, I think I probably would have shed a tear if they killed off Jar Jar. I wouldn't have celebrated, uh, realistically, but super annoying character. Just it really grinds my gears, Jar Jar. And so, but Baby Yoda. The benefit of Baby Yoda is that it's first off way cuter, and it doesn't say funny lines. It doesn't make farty jokes. It doesn't do stuff like that. Now hold it, on though just is a baby but cute 50 years it's old. it's a creature we already know too 50 years old and this guy is eating sentient beings eating sentient beings yeah that didn't bug me that much <laughs> but it, you know what's funny let me say this right here people online are going nuts with this and saying that cancel culture cancel baby yoda for eating these things cancel culture you embrace abortion what the hell is wrong double standards people all right you you can't have one without the other all right right. let's celebrate baby yoda doing his thing do you not eat eggs in the morning you go it's only half of what's you know what's needed it's it's uh, those eggs had to be fertilized okay and this last episode to be fair probably fixed a lot of that with them because baby yoda doesn't eat them once they're actually he sees something's alive in them and coming out of them right and he was like oh and so here's the thing that's interesting too it seems that din can now understand a lot of baby yoda because you know he makes like a couple of baby yoda's been more vocal in like who's and gods and stuff Um, but uh and at the end you know din says you know he goos or something about it and he's like no i have enough i don't need another pet or something like that yeah. or, you know. as he's walking out the door yeah yeah and it also I, I seems that also, he understands yeah. frog lady thing of this episode too. yes okay that that bugged me in this episode like all of a sudden he was pretty she understood him and he understood her yeah and i think it was just lazy writing to be honest like i think it was just a like yeah we'll make that work people won't guess it and or, or a, we'll fix it in post, as in, like, in the Star Wars encyclopedia, we'll find out that, oh, during that, when the ship crashed the first time, something was knocked in their brains that made them, that unlocked that uh, Tower of Babel effect. <laughs> I think it also could be just, you get to be around somebody long enough, even if there's a le- language barrier, you're going to learn to, to um, stand read ma- them a, bu- uh, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I I love him stabbing <laughs> that thing in the soup and saying stop playing. Stop playing with your food. <laughs> and then yeah. he looks in there to make sure it's dead. 
Yeah, that was there was some there was some nice little gems here. I love how they land the ship and then <laughs> it falls off, and we get the ATAT crane, yeah, like thing yep. that, that I'm pretty sure made their first appearance in. Uh, oh, um, I liked that this episode was another Bryce Dallas Howard. It was a lot different from her one last season. I thought was it uh, was because that shows her so, range. Last season. Episode three, we got Mandalorian action with the uh, all the Mandalorians coming together and helping uh, helping Din to escape with Baby Yoda. This season, episode three, we get Mandalorian action. Last season, after episode three, where does he go? He goes to a forest and he finds an ally, new ally, Cara Dune. This season, he just got sent to go find Ahsoka Tano on a forest moon. Yeah. So it's 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 following it's rhyming. Call Star Wars. It's got a rhyme. It's got a Uh-oh. rhyme. Yeah, it's all yeah, yeah. The the SST did that well. Lots of rhyming. <laughs> now sarcasm for those of you at home that didn't pick up on that. Yeah. All right. All right guys. Anything else you want to discuss this week? Let me tell you how, let me go on a little rant with that. Let me tell you how the, the ST rhymed. The PT said, the cat in the hat, and then the OT said, knows a lot about that. The OT said, the cat in the hat, and the ST said, the hat and the cat, and thought it was rhyming, but <laughs> really, <laughs> you just changed a little bit and, and ran with it. The cat and and the then hat. Ryan Johnson co- took over, and the rhyme was the cat in the hat. And then he said, F all you mother effers. And that was the rhyme. <laughs> it didn't rhyme at all. It didn't even make sense. But oh, no, no. Cat and in the then, hat. Knows in the a lot end, about what we that. had was the cat in the hat, F all you mother effers, the cat in the hat. That was, the, that was how the trilogy worked. Oh, no. Here's how it went the cat in the hat, all right, for the OT. Yes. And, then, and then you get. Um, JJ comes in for episode seven. He says, knows a lot about that. No, no, no. Okay. Prequel trilogy, cat in the hat. Uh-huh. Then the prequels knows a lot about that. You go back to the sequels episode seven. And we, we, we get again, like the hat and the cat. <laughs> right? the cat. Like you said, then episode eight is there is no hat. There is no cat. <laughs> green egg. There's only green eggs and ham. Right. And then, <laughs> and then episode nine says, Surprise! The cat is the hat. <laughs> yes, yes, that was it. <laughs> that was that was the rhymes of uh of the Disney Star Wars trilogy. Oh, that's oh, that's yes. the poetry. Yeah, I, I I also liked how uh, they they said this is the way to the Mando at first, and it was just like mocking him, like yeah, yeah this, yep. this is the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right, T. What about you? You got any uh, any last words? Any, anything else? Not even last words. You got anything else you want to talk about this week? Um, I got uh, a hypothetical that uh, I came across Ooh. a little okay. ago. Let's so basically, it's what if uh, Dark Maul or Darth Maul? Dark Maul. Wow. Dark Vader. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, Darth Maul uh, killed. Qui-Gon and then killed Obi-Wan and then took Anakin under his wing as his disciple. Well, we get the uh, Hat and the Cat sequel trilogy a whole lot sooner from George <laughs> Lucas. Yeah. Um, I think that if... Chad, what do you think? I know what I think. I didn't listen very well. I'll be honest. I'm sorry, guys. If uh, Darth Maul were to have bested Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and then got his claws into um, Anakin and oh, that's he trains that's Anakin. Not... Yeah, I, I, think, mean, I think Palpatine definitely would have fallen. Yeah, I think that Anakin and Darth Maul versus Palpatine. Palpatine's a goner. He doesn't have Exegol set up at that point. Anakin was always obviously somebody's pawn. Very influential, will listen to the power. And so if Darth Maul was the one he got closest to and had the power, he would have taken down Palpatine. 
no problem. And then Darth Maul would have ran everything. Do you foresee, T, do you think Anakin would have eventually overthrown Maul? Or do you think that he was always going to be a pawn? Uh, I honestly think that if he would have been trained by Maul, he would have eventually <clears throat> wanted that power for himself and bested. It's the rule of two. Right, right. Interesting, good hypothetical because it does play into what we talked about earlier with this of uh, George Lucas's sequel trilogy. It could have skipped a whole generation and a half there. For sure. Now, when we release this, will we already have had the uh, commentary out? Yeah, so I was going to plug that next. Um, either very either the same day the day before the day after this comes out so because okay. we got um, life day is this tuesday life day is coming out so it's the commentary will be out before life day okay um, so I, let's we'll plug it here if you if, if it's already out then you can find it on our on this feed maybe you've already listened to it or now, here's, here's what I'm planning on doing uh, tonight slash tomorrow after I get this ready to go, too, is um, I'm going to be making a video version of our commentary so you can actually <laughs> awesome. watch and listen to us, and it'll be up on our YouTube page, uh, nice. Talking Sith Podcast. Uh, so we did a, a commentary of the Star Wars Holiday Special from 1978. Now, those of you who have uh, followed Talking Sith for a while know that we had a failed attempt at... Uh, yeah, we at tried a, this once before. ...at a commentary around a year ago, and uh, it was a catastrophe. Yes, to say the least. Yes. But, uh, I did just listen to the whole thing today. Uh, is it good? It's pretty good. It's good. It's entertaining... <laughs> just to listen to good it's entertaining it's entertaining um we definitely stick more to the actual video than the times before when we tried before yeah it we didn't just descend into mad howling and wookie impressions less less wookie less high-pitched wookie impressions that's a good thing right there um so look for that um by time you are listening to this it's either already in your or soon coming um in preparation for life day uh november 17th in which we're also getting the new star wars holiday special um now chad after listening to how successful um of a commentary this was i think we should start doing commentaries like we should get together oh yeah i'm all for that i'd love that and start doing commentaries on I've been wanting for a long time to do commentaries on the whole saga. Yeah, I'll do it anytime. That'd be awesome. All right. All right. So uh, you guys have that to look forward to. Um, Yeah. Happy life day coming up. Um, Guys, why don't you tell them where they can, uh, where they can follow you guys. Guys, as always, you can look for me on uh, Instagram at Chad M. Campbell. Uh, I don't know if you'll be able to find me. It'll say like Michigan. That'll be it. Facebook, same thing. Um, I do like the page. So you can find our page on Facebook and then look in the people that like it and find Chad Michael Campbell. Um, also, you can go to the studio.com. We don't have anything new, but um, Duel of the Skates is that we just got plugged by uh, the guy who made The Empire Strikes Door. He watched our documentary and he really liked it. And so he plugged us twice on his channel. So that's kind of cool feeling. That's awesome. And I I will say I was at um, a store the other day, picked up the 2021 Guinness Book of World Record and found us in there. Oh, for real? (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, man. I got to see that. That's awesome. It's listed in there. It's listed in there. Um, How about you, T? Green T? Find me at Facebook at T Green. Great. All right. And I am Josh Roach. You can find me through the Talking Sith Pod across all social media platforms at Talking Sith Pod. You can email us and tell us what you think about uh, 
our Star Wars Sunday special commentary. Tell us what you think about George Lucas's ideas for the sequel trilogy. Tell us what you think about The Mandalorian and his way, their way, which way, and the hat and the cat and the cat being the hat. Email us at TalkingSithPod at gmail.com. Guys, until next time, may the dark side be with you. Good. <laughs> Everything expressed in the podcast is the intellectual property of Talking Sith. We are not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm in any way. Star Wars is their property. We just like to talk about it.